chance to win this with a field goal. Give me time. Give me time. Wait, there's a timeout. They're going to ice the kicker. I've never seen anything like this in my life. The snap is good. Threads are up. It's time to ice the kicker. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thank you to everyone who's joined us for another week of Ice the Kicker podcast with myself, Tom Deacon. And of course, I've just mentioned him already, but he deserves several different mentions on every single podcast. Charlie Hawkins, um, how are you feeling about episode eight of season two? Excited about episode eight, but excited about this period in the NFL because not only is the draft a week away, the NFL schedule is out, my friend. We knew of I the know. teams we was playing, Tell but it. now we know the dates. Take you to the bridge. Um, Charlie, I, I, I know that I always get excited about it. Can I just say this? Everyone's been inundated with news in the NFL. It's been a mad week. Just It's like peaks and troughs, but it just seems to be a constant peak. If it's not uh, tra- uh, player trades, it's then uh, movement, it's then GMs changing. Everything just seems to be happening. And now we're getting to that point where I think everything is still up in the air. Yeah, I think the NFL very cleverly and very clearly knows what it's doing with its products. They know to keep the entertainment going. It's not just a 16-game season. We've had the combine. We've had free agency. We've had the league meetings in Arizona, and we get the sandbites. The players have returned for OTAs. It's everything. They just know how to keep chipping away, keep us there, keep that intensity going, and keep us as fans hooked. And now, it's even massive when you get the NFL schedule released. We, we, we knew who we were playing. We're like, oh, we are playing the Eagles in week three. <laughs> and I was like, what does that matter? I don't know, but I'm really excited. Because what happened was you knew who your your game your eight games at home hmm. were. You knew who your eight games away were. But you didn't know the dates. You couldn't start planning. I'm starting planning now. And I'm sure a lot of fans uh, listening right now are thinking, do you know what? I'm free, in, I'm free in October. I reckon I could do that weekend. Who can I go and see? We've got mates that are going to do that right now. The schedule is really exciting. Plus, I think you add another element to that. The London games for the NFL. Two games at Tottenham Hotspur's brand new spanking stadium. Uh, we're going to have the best at the Raiders on the 6th of October, plus the Panthers at the Bucks, um, 13th of October. That's all happening at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And we go back to the good old Wembley, uh, probably be sat in a nosebleed seat, no doubt. Uh, Bengals at the Rams uh, and also Texans at the Jags. That's going to be on the 27th of October, 3rd of November. What do you say for those fixtures? Excitement? There's some great teams there coming to London. Yeah, and um, divisional games. We, we spoke about the London games because they was announced quite a way back. But now we get the dates. We get two games in a row at Spurs, and then we have a week off, I think. And then we have two games in a row at Wembley. Just fantastic. Four games over here. We'd never thought it, but some real classics. And we can't say because with the draft and with free agency, even if those teams that are coming over were maybe three and thirteen last year, and or they were Super Bowl. Uh, contending teams you never know how it goes next year and uh divisional games that's what we want these yeah. games matter the fact that we're getting them over it very very exciting okay um so just to let you guys know uh, as we always do gonna briefly touch upon the news then we are going to be talking a little bit more about the schedule because of week one we're going to pick out probably i reckon we should do charlie pick out our favorite game of week one so we can start getting excited about that and then uh we are going to get down to it charlie tweet it out and we're 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 men of our word, okay? You said on the Twitter, we're going to talk about our very own Ice the Kicker podcast. 
mock draft. So we have got some exciting things to share with you on that. And as always, uh, we'll be closing the show with someone else. So that's just the schedule for today. Uh, but Charlie... A schedule of our own. Well, thank you. That's Hello. what we do. Well, that's our playbook for today. Um, don't forget, at any point, you can tweet us. We love it when you get in touch uh, with us and keep that conversation going. Ice the Kicker Pod on Twitter. Oh, I love that. Talking of playbooks, let's mix the, this Let's mix this up. That's our playbook. Kirk Cousins, he got a playbook of his own this what? week. He's back in the Vikings building, you know, so second year of that brand new facility. And uh, it looked rather large, a very <laughs> heavy, big. It was almost like the next Game of Thrones volume, yeah. uh, all the plays. And someone said, oh, are you going to get through that? And Kirk Cousins, the uh, the interesting acquired taste that he is, said, uh, this is a man, you know, with all that money, by the way, with all that guaranteed money contract, still lived in the basement of uh, his parents' flat yeah, or yeah. lived in a, like, a camper van. Uh, he said, well, it's just like eating an elephant one <laughs> bite at a time. I don't know where he goes, what, what restaurants. Does that mean? Yeah, I don't know where he's eating, what? but one bite at a time. Is that... Well, is that how players, they get this huge playbook? They need to learn every single play. Are they seeing it like a different animal? So is it dependent? Like, that's the gradient. So that's the Vikings playbook. That's the size of an elephant. It's like next year's Patriots, like size of a cheetah. Like, how do they grade it? Oh, is that what you've done there? Yeah. Punt cheetah. I well, like I didn't. That. I that's not written. nice. No, no, no. no. And I'll tell you why. Start, put some respect on their name. I, the Patriots. Put Super the respect Bowl on their name. Uh, I will say this, though. The scheduling has come out. And uh, they have a grading, Charlie, for how strong the strength of that schedule for the 32 SOS, team. SOS, strength of schedule. Thank you. Uh, and I think some teams are going to need to send in that SOS yeah. because they don't get much Light of Light up that flare, baby. Um, indeed, because they're going to need saving. The toughest, would you like to know, the toughest schedule goes to the Oakland Raiders with a point five three nine. I'm not entirely sure how they work out strength of where they team finished last one, year. It's, it's the teams they're playing. Yeah. Were they in winning records? So over half the teams they play, 0.539 ah. winning, winning records. So they're playing more winning teams than they're playing losing teams. But I think that's interesting because then that team will have lost players, free agencies yeah, it, will have gone. It, yeah, last year, for instance, uh, I think, uh, actually, I think it was Green Bay. We were playing a really hard schedule, one of the hardest on mm. paper before the season started. And then at the end, those teams that were predicted the hardest schedule, Green Bay, they do it at the end as well, were playing like one of the easiest. So how this is now, all yeah. those winning teams might not be winning teams next year. Yeah. So you have to take it with a bit of pinch of salt. But why we've brought this to your attention is, the, yes, the Oakland Raiders, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders, do have the hardest schedule. But, you know, you would think the Super Bowl champions, they got to be in and around it. They, they're up for a tough uh, task. Charlie, and they're what, not in the top theirs, 10. Mate? Not in they're the not, top 10. Not in the top 10, right? There's 32 teams. Top 15. They are the 31st team with the strongest uh, schedule. That means... And the dynasty continues. Exactly. That's the point I am making. They are flying. That that just seems so unfair. Surely, if... Well, it, it's not... It, they, they don't control it. No, I'm just saying. But it seems unfair. You're like very hating the I'm not hating. You started... I just... No days off. The first animal I thought of, mammal, was the cheetah. Okay? Mm. I could have gone in with the grasshopper. Uh, that would have yeah. been fair for them so they could win it again. That's the size of our playbook. The oh. grasshopper. <laughs> Just throw it quick. Um, Patriots 31st. The team that has the weakest uh, schedule is apparently the Washington Redskins. And boy, do they need all the help they can get. That's my personal opinion. So there you go. All I'm trying to say is very clearly the Patriots 
could be winning another Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying, uh, based on this. We'll soon have to do our, our takes, our boom or bust. We'll be back to those for the season, making predictions. And just to bring it back, because it's, it's nice to always bring it back. Tom predicted the Patriots wouldn't even make the playoffs <laughs> Super Bowl champions. And That's I what had, you get with us. I, I had good reason. I think we can all agree when lots of players were leaving the Patriots, they weren't signing that talent from free agency to replace them. And boy, was I wrong. And now I look at the Patriots at the moment having to replace the likes of Gronk, uh, the, head, the coaches that they've got defensively. Interesting enough, I speculated last week that they were going to sign a wide receiver, Demarius Thomas. That is now official. This is the news section, ladies and gentlemen. Demarius Thomas. Where we drop facts. Is signed. Six million per year. So congratulations to Demarius Thomas. I feel like he's had a bit bit of a, a bumpy road with the Broncos and then moves uh, Texans and then and then gets dropped, gets an injury. Well, he but... got injured and the Patriots were rumoured to be in talks for trading for him. He ended up at a Texans. So someone they've obviously uh, had a long time interest in, they've admired him from afar and now they reunite him. And this is what they do, isn't it? This yeah. is the Patriot way. They pick, they pick up veterans who they know what they're getting. They know the production they can, they can give. They pick him on, not not small contracts, but lower than the the top end money, elite yeah. money, and they get the production. Is he going to be a massive 1,200 yards, 10, 12 touchdowns? No, but is he going to give them an added threat? Yes. yes. In that passing system, and it's very... What's the key here is it's in a passing system and it's with someone he knows, Josh McDaniels, of course. who is the former Denver Broncos head coach. So there'll be some uh, familiarity there. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, uh, definitely. And he's not the only wide receiver that's moved uh, in terms of the opposite way out of the Patriots door is Mr. Chris Hogan. He's gone to the Panthers, which I think is um, is great for him. Uh, last season, Chris Hogan, uh, 16 games, 35 receptions, 532 yards and three touchdowns. Now, I was going to ask you actually, Charlie, about this. Um, we start to speculate. This is before the draft, which is happening next week. The Panthers are pretty kind of, I'd say, loaded on wide receiver, but not... Really? But not... In terms of you would go to with this is our guy now. Well, they lost Funchess as well, didn't they, to the Colts? They did, but they still got now five wide receivers: uh, uh, Jarius Wright, uh, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, who they picked up in the draft last year. Mm. I think had a very uh, good season. Not enough touchdowns uh, for me, but he did have 788 yards. Uh, Tory Smith. Is he still got it? Can he still do it? But in terms of that, like, you know, you, you've got a committee of wide receivers. Um, it, it, they're stacked there. Not elite talent, but they are stacked. Where some teams have only got one wide receiver who's elite talent and not much else. They can get by. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Do, 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 would you think that in terms of no, you look at that? I, I wouldn't think that. But we See, don't know. The, the, we, we talk about the leap year. I think they need to strengthen it more. Um... <laughs> I think the wide wide receiver is a position of need for them, but is that Cam Cam's game? You yeah, know what I mean, he's sort of so. So in that respect, they, they fit. The guys, the, yeah, of course. And, and if it doesn't, then you've got someone to just pick up DJ Moore to to be that outside threat. But it, it's just interesting. I look at that and I think the Panthers. I maybe they need a a really really good wide receiver. But then I look at that and I think, well, they've got enough. And then still give the ball to Christian McCaffrey, um, whether Olsen comes back as a Titan. It's just quite interesting. Some teams are like, these are our two best wide receivers. I don't care. The rest of them can come from training camp. I don't care. But that's the strategy. They've got players who can just line up. 
depth. Get some get some yards. It's interesting. But well done to Chris Hogan. Uh, he's out of the Patriots building um, and on he goes. Uh, other news. Well, I can't believe we haven't already spoken about it. The highest paid player in the NFL is Mr. Russell Wilson's Go Hawks. 35 million per year. Um, massive deal for him. But uh, is it the right one, Charlie? Absolutely. Uh, should he be the highest paid player in the NFL at this current time? Yes, I'm a massive Russell Wilson fan. When they spoke of the the deadline, April the 15th, was Russell Wilson and his team, they set an internal deadline to the Seahawks for getting this done. This deal was made at half 11, half an hour before the deadline. Apparently, Schneider, the GM, and Carroll handed down this, this final offer, and it was deemed good enough what Russell Wilson wanted. Interesting, a little bit of background into Russell Wilson. Yeah. His agent is from the baseball, baseball world, yeah. yeah, and where a lot of the contracts there are guaranteed, a premium on guarantees. That's not the way the NFL does it here, but he uh, he wanted, and he also wanted um, a percentage. Every time the cap would rise, Russell Wilson's wage would rise. They didn't give it. They front loaded the contract. They give him the nice extension. So they didn't quite go into that. Yeah. But he gets the big jump. Um, but now so the is, money is there guarantees? Like is it guaranteed? Like over hundred million? Is that something? Yeah, he's got, I think he's got sixty five million signing bonus. So small change, you know. Uh, still be shopping at Audi. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Audi. Other shops, I shop at Audi. Uh, best steak. That's a slightly different pod. Um, <laughs> but no, Russell Wilson. I so when the point I was making when I I saw this deadline and I thought. I can't believe this because apparently this was around Christmas. He let the season play out. Didn't want it to be a distraction in season when the S Seattle was their season was over. Yeah. Right, guys, April the fifteenth. So January when they weren't playing no more. This to me, and they probably were. These these things don't happen overnight. It takes a lot of to and froing from the agent and player itself. But if I'm in Seattle. I will do everything to keep this man in the building. For me, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I tell you why he's so good. Because at first. He was the reason why I despised the Seahawks. And it's because he's so good. Because they always were winning. They were going to Super Bowls. Yeah. They were they were destroying teams. You're against the Niners. They fan. were cheating against what? the Niners. Marshawn Lynch. There was today. Navarro Brutal. Bowman. Uh, breaks like his it. leg. It's gets the ball what we back. Do on this he got the ball back. And do you know You're what? They man. still said, oh, it's a Seahawks ball. Uh, ridiculous. I'm still outraged. But I do agree with you. Russell Wilson is a fantastic Listen, And he's improved as well. Every year. And, and let's... let's I only think stats tell half the story, but we'll, we'll give the stats. 69 passing touchdowns since 2017. That's the most uh, out of all quarterbacks. 75 wins in his first seven seasons. The most uh, for any other quarterback in their first seven seasons. 100.3 passer rating. I know you like a passer rating. That is second. Mm -hmm, and uh, mm -hmm. he has played. We talk about... You know, we mentioned earlier, and we will mention it, we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota. Before, the, we, I say we spoke about earlier, before we started the pod and their durability. Well, Russell Wilson has played 125 straight games. He's incredible. This man is never not on, on he's never missed a game. He's never not on the field. He's a monster. He's brilliant. He's, he is today's, for me, the image of a quarterback. He's a dual threat. He runs. He's mobile. How he escapes the pocket. How he escapes players. He can throw it. He can deep ball. He's a great team leader. He's everything I would want in a quarterback. And he's still got, hopefully, his best years in front of him. He's prime. He's peak. And you put it the best. He's improving every year. And that shouldn't be possible. You, He's the player you want to build the team around. 
they so when this was all like, oh, they're gonna give him a deal. Apparently, he wants to go to the Giants. The Giants just knew him. He actually nah. wants to be in New York. That was obviously maybe agent noise and smoke and mirrors. But I'm glad they got the deal because uh, you know he's a Seahawk to me and one of the best players in the league. Love watching him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. To be fair, um, and and yeah, we did talk about the fact that I'm a Niners fan. But hey, look, I I know when something's good, I can still mm, see it. You know, course. I'm not fickle. He he gets a big contract that's going to really eat into the salary cap every season for the Seahawks now. Um, I think it's around 18% a year. So if you think of it, it's nearly 20% to one player out of a 53-man roster. And you've, you've got that's to believe... the way the league's... I know, but you've, you've got to believe in that player, and they do, and they say, Russell, you're our guy. It's durable, uh, stays on the field. He avoids being sacked. He allows the running back... The, the, the Seahawks are a dangerous team. Now, interesting enough, when we start talking about the draft, they don't have many picks this year. And so I think they're solidifying, making sure people are cemented down. These that are our guys. These are the people that we want. And um, and Pete Carroll absolutely loves Russell Wilson. You lose that legion of, of boom, uh, all those defensive guys, because they say Russell Wilson is our man and defensively will pick up. So I, th- I think I think it's a great move for the Seahawks. And um, annoyingly for everyone in the division is, is Russell is not uh, making the Seahawks weaker. He's only making them stronger by staying in the building. So um, also what's going on? Uh, Morgan uh, Burnett goes uh, from uh, the safety. Is he quarterback or safety? He's safety, safety guy. Yeah. yeah. He's gone uh, to the Browns uh, from the Packers. Uh, so he's going to be replacing uh, Peppers. That's a, that's a smart move for the Browns. They've lost the player. They're replacing with uh, like-for-like talent. Potentially. Yeah, he, he went to the Steelers. He only lasted a year there. He moaned that they played him at a position close to a linebacker. Uh, he, he's, he's aging. He's a veteran, but he knows the league inside out. I really like Morgan Burnett. He had a long time at Green Bay. And he's going to the Cleveland Browns where they They're on the, the up. Green Bay of the East. You've got to remember, John Dorsey was at Green Bay. Alonzo Highsmith, who's now VP at the Browns came from Green Bay. Elliot Wolf, who is the assistant Cleveland Browns uh, GM, come from Green Bay. They always around Morgan. They know what they're getting. These moves are very similar between the two franchises. And also, you're getting a wise head on, on, on some shoulders out there on the field when things are... Leader. Stu- yeah, you, you need that experience there sometimes to just, uh, to just lift the team and get them over. Uh, Vikings uh, signed a quarterback, uh, not to replace uh, Cousins, uh, Sean Mannion from the uh, ex-Rams uh, player. So he's coming in as a quarterback. Now, interestingly, uh, to stay on the Packers, Ty Montgomery, Mr. Fumble, uh, the man who wanted to do it all himself. Um, did he cost uh, McCarthy's job? Interesting one. Uh, he is signed with the Jets. Good luck for them. They've got now um, your main man, Le'Veon Bell, and you've got Montgomery. Um, what do you make of that? Isn't it a Packers? Someone who's watched that yeah, play. He definitely didn't uh, cost McCarthy's job. He cost us that game. People forget we should have won that game. Um, it did. It, it just sort of didn't work out towards the end. And it never really... We got a pick for him from the Ravens. They've kept him for half a season and they didn't re-sign him. So I really... Any former player and any player, I want it to work out for him. Um, he's now in a backup role. He Is he a good backup role? The he... Montgomery and, and he offers so much potential. And Pete may love... Ugh, and he's just never delivered it. And mm. that and people see the highlights or they see the re, uh, like you know red zone and we watch that. And then I see games like, oh, the fumble. Oh, he didn't go... But he offers so much potential, but he, he just can't deliver on it. He's a great runner. He's a great blocker. He's strong. He, he, he was a receiver before, so he's got both the pass-catching ability. So someone is, that's what they want. They've got that in Le'Veon Bell. And if Le'Veon Bell goes down, we've got the, the identical match, but just on a lower, lower level. Look, I'm not... Let's yeah. hold on. I'm not calling Ty Montgomery Le'Veon Bell, but I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. in terms of abilities and 
experience yeah interesting enough right okay so the logic i want to ask you about here uh, montgomery had to prove to himself something he had to prove to the green bay i've still got it mm. went out for it charged out with the ball when you just say just take a knee just take a knee that's all you need to do when he's behind everyone bell this part of every competitor every team a player out there in the nfl wants to prove they can be the number one guy do you feel like that not saying there'll be a riff but if bell's getting all the attention time montgomery tries the a little bit above and beyond the extra much and then fumble. And actually, I don't know where his position would be best. He's going to be a backup. I don't think he's going to like that. I don't think so because you don't sign for the Jets thinking that you're in a competition and you're going to get number one. You know you're number two. They've obviously made that clear. They don't pay Le'Veon Bell what they are and go, oh, but this is an open competition with Ty Montgomery we've just picked up. And I think he, he, want, he doesn't want to be out of a job, wants to be in with a team. And you never know what happens with snaps and stuff. Le'Veon Bell, he gets injured, he goes down, or they're really ahead in a game and they rest him and Ty comes in and he does a great job. Look at CJ Anderson, wasn't picked up till December. Yeah. And now he's signed to the Detroit Lions and everyone was like, wow, he's having a great few games. So it's, it's always good to be in and around because you never know. Okay, indeed. And talking about injuries and players uh, having to, to leave the NFL uh, or having some time on the sideline. Well, a guy that did uh, over a year and a half, Zach Miller, the tight end from the Bears. Uh, that leg injury was too much. He's retired from the game. That's a shame. Uh, it started out with the Jags, uh, went to Tampa and then the Bears as well. So um, it, well, you never like to see that in the NFL. I hate it. I remember, I remember the player, I remember the injury, I remember watching it and just devastating you don't like to see him and and you know shout out to Chicago Bears because they really stood by him and tried everything and they've given him all the help they can and he, he was a slow developer into the league but the year before he was really starting to come into his own like mm. I said it takes players a few years and he never gave up that fight I wanted to come back and it's so sad that after 18 months he's he's now called a full-time retirement and we, and we wish him the best in whatever he goes on to do next in Indeed. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, guys and girls. Um, that is the news done and dusted. Uh, I'd like to take a moment, uh, if I may, Charlie, to talk about that schedule for week one. We've, we've talked about the strength of it, but out of week one, which is going to be happening, kickstarts with the Bears versus the Packers on the 6th of September. We move into the 8th. Uh, all of those games. Now, I'm going to throw it out there. We've just mentioned them. Uh, the Browns, uh, they're taking on the Titans at home on the 8th. That is my game. I have to say that I am very excited about. Why? Because I guess I've gone with the hype of the Browns and that game, the first one, the Titans, who aren't going to be an easy pushover game, uh, is a real test. The pound, the dog pound is going to be pounding and they're going to go for it. For me, Browns, Titans, first game, our eyes are going to be glued to that. Well, it is really interesting you said that because at the minute the, the brands are everyone's popular pick, everyone's second team, everyone's sort of taking their fancy to them. So much so that the Browns actually have uh, a game on Sunday night football, which is the primetime game in the States, and that is in week three against the Rams. That is their first primetime Sunday night game since 2008, 11 years. The brands are back in the big time. People want to see them on their screens. And not only that, last year, an average brand's ticket price, $62. This year, how much? Ooh, I love a quiz question. Um, all right, $62 last, last year. year. Okay, and they even had Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah, but they, he wasn't starting him, was it? It was Tyrod. They wasn't where the, the hype with their, where they are now. Uh, okay, um, I reckon it's gone up to $142. Oh, $131. And Ooh. that is very close. And But I like that, that you was really close. But it just shows you... Over double. Yeah. 
An Crazy. average ticket. You're good at mash. We like that. Uh, my, 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 couple of things there. My favorite game of week one. I'm yeah. going to go a little bit outside the box here. All right, hit me with Chargers, it. Chargers, Colts, two playoff teams. Really like what to see they're going to do in the AFC. Really like that. In game, terms of whether you Colts. think that they're, they're, they'll have improved, what their new signings have done. Yeah, and do they just carry on that momentum? I, I say momentum. They, they both lost in the playoffs, but still, still winning season, still there and thereabouts. I really like what Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are doing. I really like Anthony Lynn at the Chargers. They always draft well. Good GM in uh, Tom Peliseco. Yeah, something like that. Okay, but I can Google Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, you, bro. Um, I don't have your yeah. back on that. I didn't know it. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a great ding dong. Uh, and uh, and the fact that that comes after the Browns-Titans, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, you're giving me a whole schedule for the evening. Thank, thank you. you. And it would be... Uh, Remiss if we weren't mentioned the defending champions, Ooh. and we have to talk about it. I really thought they would open up against the Cowboys. They are opening up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and mm. what a game that is! That's I just one twenty in the morning, not Pittsburgh. No, but I, I like that. Um, mm. I recently watched the film Green Book, and they call Pittsburgh something else. Um, right. So there you go. Uh, but just because life without. Well, they've already had it without Bill, but life without Brown, life without this whole new culture, everyone like, oh, we're so together. Massive game. And the Patriots are notoriously slow starters, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. They lose a couple and everyone going, oh, and then they just steam but they're not, it. And they, they, but they're not yeah. taking on a team that are ready to go, if that makes sense. Last year, they, they, a season ago, they took on the Chiefs and you know, they were like, the Chiefs are ready to go for this. So, so that one, I think that's going to be... And I, put it out there, I think that's going to be quite like a dull affair. Dull affair in it, it it's not all guns blazing. That no, is two teams stopped. that are not ready to go. Patriots that's two teams that are not ready so to go. so much history. What about all the catches at Heinz Field, the last few games with them two? I don't deny they that. They always have great games. I, I don't deny it. I just think it's not going to be the big show that we think it is. That's two teams cautiously finding out their fair identities. Enough. You're wrong. Fair enough. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Respect that. All right, Charlie. Uh, Charlie and everybody else. Um, Charlie, listen to this. Ooh. <laughs> what is it? I like it. It is time for the first ever, first ever, ladies and gentlemen, Ice the Kicker mock draft. And I tell you what, and I'm I'm not bigging it up. I'm not blowing my own trumpet because uh, I've tried before. Uh, listen, we are going to go in and there are some big changes. You might be reading mock drafts around the NFL world online, but I tell you what, this is the best one. Wait till you've heard this. Wait till <laughs> we see. And you know what? This isn't something where we... we sp- we just like done it on the fly. We we looked at team needs. We looked at players. We looked at how we fit. And you might go, what? You looked at team needs and you still pick that player. But who knows? Who knows? It's you never know. It's all subjective. And it's so much subjective. I tried to make this point last week. Let me tell you. So Peter Schrager, we, we always refer to him. But yeah. he said, he's, he's, and he, you know, he's in the know. He speaks to different teams. He has seen and spoke to certain teams' departments where they have a first-round grade on a wide receiver and then he's gone to another team, and they have him as a low third-round grade. He said this year's wide receiver and cornerback groups, he has never seen such a disparity yeah. in, in the grades, from a first-round grade to a third-round grade. And that is why this is so subjective. Yeah, indeed. And uh, for anyone who's... And I, I don't want to see, seem like I'm being patronised in any way, but maybe this is your first draft. The, the interesting thing is a team grade a player for what they need. Not because they're thinking, well, this guy's really good for the Cardinals, but I'm in charge of the Colts. Uh, where would I put them? You are just grading these players on what you need, what your offense and what your your style of play is and who you need to replace players that have left or retired or whatever. That's why their grade is so... There's that disparity. But, but you can kind of see a 
common line though that this player is physically good and that's what the the you know the, the pro days mm. and everything is all about just to give them an opportunity to to show what they're physically capable of and with that being said yeah okay all right the arizona cardinals they're on the clock on the clock all right so uh big talking point kyla murray i personally and after what i said in last week's pod i finally decided it's all smoke and mirrors they are not taking kyla murray charlie they're not taking Kyla Murray. We we decided together. We've done this really thing, and we didn't just go, oh, let's go down the list and pick a player. We don't, we've got some stuff coming up, which we'll explain later. But we decided that the Cardinals are sticking at number one. No trades. No trades. They're sticking at number one. They're not taking Kyla Murray, but they are taking... Quinnen Williams, uh, defensive tackle. Thank you so much uh, for coming to the draft. We've only done one, by the way, guys. So we've only done that, and that is a real shake. No, we are going to do the rest of them, all 32. So Quinnen Williams, the defensive tackle uh, from Alabama, is going to the Cardinals. Now, it's interesting because you said we didn't trade uh, to get more trades because we didn't think that anyone would come up to number one to get Kyler Murray. That's kind of what we essentially assessed. So Quinnen Williams... um, that he would be ferocious for the Cardinals. Mm. It's a it's a big strong statement because you're thinking really Quinn Williams number one. We believe it. We could have gone Nick Bosa. We could have gone elsewhere. But with this, we, we've tried to do with this draft what we what we think, what we wanted, and a little bit outside the box. So yeah, it might it might be a Nick Bosa. It might be someone else. But no one was coming up. No one was buying it. The Cardinals uh, were were taking a quarterback, uh, especially not in this draft class. So the Cardinals have had to stay put. And Quinn, Quinnen Williams is their man. Okay, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, 49ers are on the clock, uh, Charlie. And you know what? They are going to go outside the box. No, I've read that wrong. They're definitely sticking with Nick Bosa that everyone says, the edge man. I think he's too good a player to pass up on the potential that he has. And also, the Niners have had a history of of kind of selecting the wrong player in terms of attitude. Um, He's talented and he's got the right attitude. Yes, please, let's get him in the, the locker room. Unlike last year, trading back into the draft to get Ruben Foster. Uh, amazing talent, but maybe not quite the person they want in the facilities. Uh, so there you go. Nick Bosa, would you would you agree with that? I do agree with that. Solid pick for the for the Niners there at two. No one comes up to them. And wait, excuse me. What? What are you hearing, Charlie? Charlie, what are you hearing? Wait, Charlie. I'm getting some information here. Charlie. There has been a trade at number three. Get out of here. Yep. The New York Jets have moved down. They are trading away their pick. Who they to? are trading Who to? Who to? to the Cincinnati Bengals Get at three. What? What there is the possibility of that? Well, I'm getting more reports over on my side, uh, Charlie. Uh, they have traded a second and a third round pick. Uh, uh, second uh, for this year. Third for next year. Uh, for the Bengals, they're trading up to the Jets. Why? Why? What do they want, uh, Charlie? What do well, they possibly need? New man, Zach Taylor. New direction. It's all changed over at Cincinnati. We've been stuck in a rut for too long. We haven't won a playoff game. They're taking Kyler Murray, the next man to lead that generation onwards. Dalton no more. Kyler Murray's the man over in Cincinnati to rival Baker Mayfield and take that division on. Wow. So Lamar Jackson, (laughs) Kyler Murray, uh, Baker Mayfield. It's it's all go. It is. And Cincinnati Bengals, look, I tell you what, six and 10 last year in the AFC North, they needed something to keep the fans coming back and paying almost the same price of those Browns for a ticket. Uh, Kyler Murray, great. That is a great splash. So the Jets, we will see you later at pick 11. 
that's what we were talking about earlier when we said there's lots of surprises here. We move on uh, to pick number four in the 2019 draft. The Raiders are on the clock. And do you know what, Charlie? There's no mucking about with this. They know what pl- uh, holes they need to plug. Uh, they are taking Ed Oliver, the man from Houston, the junior. Uh, there you go. He is defensive tackle going to the Raiders. Absolute. We like him. Uh, he's an absolute beast for the size he is, for the power and strength he has. He shouldn't be running that fast. He shouldn't be that <laughs> agile. He's just a freak of nature. Uh, he, I really strongly believe he'll go this high. Uh, they get a day one started. I really like what he's going to give to that defense. And you know why they've taken Ed Oliver? Not because they, they loved him as well, but also Quentin Williams was already off the board. So therefore they thought, do you know what? This guy's a beast. Let's have him. Uh, who's in at number five, Charlie? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Bruce Arians, he's in the building. What does he want? Is. And it's starting to open up a little bit with the Jets falling falling back and trading away and uh, the Bengals coming up. Positions positions and names are still there. And the Tampa, they didn't think he was going to fall to him, but they get Josh Allen. Wise decision. Because uh, a lot of people said they would go maybe for a linebacker. But if the Jets have traded out, they wanted uh, some defensive tackle. And you know what they've got? They've got... Uh, they they didn't they traded back so Josh Allen going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers what a pass rusher for the Buccaneers Edge I love it and, and why do you think that would be good for the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of the competition they're going to have this year the likes of uh, Matt Ryan that they're going to try and um, minimise his, his uh, threat no I just think I, they 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 needed this position it's somewhat it's someone that I don't think they thought they might get and. Um, they need to work on that defense. I know that Bruce Arians is going to be all over on the offense. Ted Bowles there to work on the defense, but really good pick at number five. All right, beautiful. I love I it. I say so myself. Okay, so we've had one quarterback uh, in the draft so far. There is a quarterback needing team, the Giants. They're on the clock at number six. But you know what, Charlie? They ain't going quarterback. What? They don't want to go quarterback. They were so impressed with this guy's combine performance, a record-breaking 40-yard dash. Guess what? He's a man on edge. It's Monte Sweat. He is going into the Giants building to really change up uh, everything at the Giants. They're not going quarterback, Charlie. No, and uh, two picks in the draft. So are they going quarterback later? Well, you'll find out then. But at number six, <laughs> they are not going quarterback. They're Keep into the defense. This is defensive draft, and they take edge rusher. They really need to work on that defense. I really like that pick at Mont, uh, for Montez Sweat. I think he's going to be a big, big player to watch out for. Okay, all right. So, uh, obviously, the next guy's on the board. The Jaguars, not the season they wanted last year. It all seemed to sort of fall apart at various points. Uh, surely, Charlie, uh, they're going to uh, boss out the edge uh, position that they need to really push for in this. Surely, at number seven, who, who are they picking? No. What? No, no, no. They are picking a <laughs> fancier tackle to protect Nick Foles. The theory being on that they need to protect the guy that they've just brought in the building. Keep that, solidify the running game as well, protect Nick Foles. Don't think they go edge here. They go offensive tackle. Who are they going with? Uh, Jawan Taby? Would probably surely... Taylor, is it? Yeah. Is that my writing? Oh. Sure, writing, shocking. Unbelievable. I do apologise. Uh, yeah, J1 Taylor. Uh, the offensive <laughs> Look, tackle... we've done this draft and we have put research in, but Tom... I mean, look. Sometimes I get excited. I'm in you the need a of horse the draft. to water if they don't drink. I was looking around if I could get refreshments while mm. this was happening. This is entertaining. Mate, it's fast and ferocious. Okay, it's from Florida. Say furious there because that was a film. It's copyright. Uh, Florida comes in. Uh, I like that. I think. I think you're right. You need to protect Nick Foles. You need to give him time in the pocket. And um, Taylor's the man just to protect him and give him uh, that time. All right. Uh, the Lions. Uh, they've said they're quite happy to. Um, 
get a quarterback. That's what they sort of pushed out. They're like, yeah, we, we're going for a quarterback. Mm-mm. I do not think you are, Lions. You are staying at number eight. And you know what? Because the Jaguars didn't take uh, Rashawn Gary, uh, the edge man, they are picking him up. Done deal. Hands together. It's, it's, it's too easy. Yeah, with no quarter, no other quarterbacks uh, off the board. No one comes up into that Lions eight spot. They need an edge. They, they, uh, they've not played uh, Ziggy Ansar. They have got in Trey Flowers. But I still think they go for Rashawn Gary here at eight. Yeah, he's not necessarily generating that pre-draft uh, buzz that everyone's saying again. But the man from Michigan, hey, I tell you what, uh, he will do a job there. All right, so the Bills uh, on the clock at number nine. Uh, well, surely they've got lots of different needs. They need to improve uh, to protect uh, the quarterback. But I tell you what, I, I, defensively, they need to stop getting slapped about. So I think they're going to pick <laughs> <That's> up. <nice. laughs> well, it's fair. Uh, picking up the linebacker, Devin White, uh, best linebacker in the draft this year, in my humble opinion. Um, and he signs for the Bills. Do you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think, again, maybe one that this could have gone at five. But... Um, the, the, the Bills pick up a defensive player and they've been really smart in free agency. They've just wanted to build around Josh Allen. That's what you have to do, your core key piece. You know, they've brought in a few slot receivers, work on that defense through the draft. As we said, this defensive draft, I really like linebacker here to help them out. Okay, all right. We'll move on to number 10 of the Ice the Kicker first ever mock draft. Uh, Broncos, well, they've got Flacco in the building, but I feel like they need to get some future Stop talent. Stop gap, bridge the gap. Thank you. And that gap is going to be filling up to allow the main man, Dwayne Haskins, to Ooh. come in the building. Uh, now, obviously, you have the opportunity of taking Drew Locke, but I think Dwayne Haskins is the guy that they will take uh, from Ohio State. Um, only had one season uh, at college, so therefore, he's not ready. And I think if you're going to learn to your trade, uh, do that behind someone like Joe Flacco, a Super Bowl winner. Yeah, I, I, we, we really it was a dilemma this one we really tossed and turned we did we was trying to work out what we thought the Broncos were going to do they haven't had to give up any capital quarterbacks are here they can take one do they wait till next year they've got Flacco do they let someone sit behind if they do is it Locke is it Jones is it Haskins we went for Haskins a fact on Haskins when he uh had his uh, like meeting in the in the Broncos mm. building. They were allowed thirty visits. Uh, he wore a John Elway top to the meeting, and they didn't say oh, it was cringy or corny. Uh, John Elway laughed, and he found it kind of cool that the uh, Dwayne Haskins were in his jersey. Have they formed a little bond? Who knows? Haskins goes at ten. All right. Okay. So we come back to that trade. The shocking, the wow factor trade at number eleven. The Jets traded with the Bengals. So that means the Jets are on the clock and uh, they've got a few positions they need to um, fill. Cornerback, offensive tackle, but you know what? Uh, he's on the board still. Defensive tackle. Every, this is such a defensive uh, draft this year. Uh, the man from Clemson, uh, Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle. He has been snapped up. He offers a little bit of explosiveness and he comes in to the Jets building. I like that. Just what they need as well. I really keep their adding to that defense. They've been doing it in the offseason. You know, Mosley, they nearly signed Barr. They've been working it. Jamal Adams is a leader on that defense. It just keeps getting better and better. Really like where this defense is heading. Okay, do you know what? I'm going to pass it over to you. Um, little fact, if you're only just joining us on a podcast, Charlie has a green uh, mic protector, uh, so uh, mic cover. So there is the man over there, the Green Bay man. Who are you, who are you taking uh, in uh, pick number 12 for Green Bay? With the 12th selection of the Ice the Kicker Mark Draft <laughs> 1.0 2019, the Green Bay Packers select Brian Burns, Edge. 
Mate, I'm looking along. I'm just scrolling up. I don't see him anywhere in this first round. Doesn't matter. Mops. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be then in any tell first me. round. Mops. Then tell me He's about it. He's an him. edge. Look, this is what we need. We need an edge rusher. We need to get after the quarterback. We had good number of sacks last year, but we need someone who's going to come in consistent. And also, Brian Burns, fantastic athletic ability. He scored really well on the on the RAS scores, which is key. People don't look at them. They just look at PFF football scores. The athletic scores tell us a lot as well. And he, we won't need him to come in and be awesome from day one. We want him to be awesome. But, you know, we signed the Smith brothers, uh, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith at linebacker. So we, with the defence we already have, if he can come in and play rotational snaps, get used to petting system, and then we can really take him forward. I like Brian Burns at 12 for the Green Bay Packers. And I loved your explanation. Thank you so much. A uh, team uh, that apparently are tanking uh, spectacularly, uh, the Miami Dolphins. I tell you, tanking. Ryan Fitzpatrick, have you seen him? No. He, the man as he... putting some weight? Is he putting some timber? Not my, not my title. No. Someone dubbed him Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hey, I didn't call him that, but <laughs> that, I'm impressed, not his arm strength, with his, with his arm strength in our series, he's been putting them cakes away. Oh <laughs> I like for me the podcast yeah. today. Thank you so much, Charlie. That's really tickled me. I was going to do it in a polite way and say a bit of timber has been put on to that, that ship. That ain't a bit of timber. That ship is navigating Miami to many it's winds. It's not navigating, it's sunk. But it, it's definitely there for people to uh, scuba dive down and uh, look for treasure, uh, the treasure of uh, throwing games and interceptions. But Fitzpatrick, he's got the ability. What are they doing? What are they saying? He's the future? Are they say, are Miami saying he's the future at number 13? Who are they picking, Charlie? They are picking. Well, you might ask this because Miami, oh, they're waiting until 2020. Oh, they haven't had to give up no draft capital. They've gone quarterback. Okay. They've gone quarterback before other teams may have gone quarterback. Someone at 17 or someone else at 15. They're not letting him come up because they have plucks for Mr. Drew Locke. And they mm. are giving him the keys to the city because Drew's going to lock it down oh. and be their franchise face. <laughs> oh, what? I just thought of that. Oh, uh, on top of my head. Uh, the man from Missouri uh, is coming over. I like that. And uh, he can learn from uh, uh, Fats uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, which is going to be beautiful. For, uh, for Miami. All right, so the Falcons are on the No, I'm going to go even better. They yeah. pick Drew Locke and he beats that Fitzpatrick in in, a, in training camp. Day wow. one star. That is a bold move, but I like it. And then you've got your backup quarterback, which he's used to being. Mm. So. Or Fitzpatrick does the usual two, three games and then he has a worldie of 400 yards then he throws seven interceptions and then like, oh, just start Drew Locke. It doesn't matter. And then... Drew Locke comes in. I know, it's just mad. You look at Miami. Throw him into the fire. Miami had such good... In terms of the Pats, 11 and 5, Miami Dolphins, 7 and 9 in that AFC East last year. And um, I, I just feel like, you know, the Miami, they're going to, whether they sort of get overtaken by the Bills and the Jets, obviously time will tell. But I think Miami, they need to shore up who they're going because with Tannehill, that didn't work out. So they know what they need to do. Right, now. the Falcons are on the clock at 14. Who are they taking? All right, okay, <clears throat> tough decision here. Uh, they could do with a guard or an interior defensive lineman. I, do you know what? I've just been handed the card, Charlie, uh, oh. and it's uh, reading off there. Uh, Jonah Williams, offensive tackle, comes in to the Falcons. Um, so uh, a smart move there uh, for the Falcons. Uh, for the man from Alabama, um, there you go. Injuries left, right, and center for the Falcons last year. Bit of talent comes through, shores things up. And also, it's a great class for offensive linemen. Uh, we're going to see a lot 
potentially in round one and throughout this draft. Really strong players, really showed up at the combine as well. And these are names that could have go earlier. They could go a little bit later. This was a guy that we looked at maybe for the Panthers and the Vikings, but he falls at 14, Jonah Williams, and he makes it as a top 15 pick. Okay, uh, just under halfway now in the first ever mark. Uh, number 15, the Redskins coming in uh, with the weakest schedule of 2019-2020 season. They're going quarterback, right? No, they're not what? going quarterback. No, they're going wide receiver, right? No, no, they are not. What? Some people reckon DK Metcalf is coming in, but uh, uh, that oil rig, unfortunately, uh, will not down. be able to turn around on the field fast enough for them. Do you know what they need to do? They've got running backs uh, with uh, with Gase. Is Gase? Geis. Geis, and uh, he's had an injury last year. Uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, they've got their running ga- uh, game there, Chris Thompson. I feel like they have made the right decision by going for TJ Hawkinson, the tight end. is a fantastic blocker, and he was on the board, and the Redskins go, do you know First what? First tight end off the board. They, yeah. get, they get an elite, potentially, at tight end. And uh, I like that. I really like that, and it adds to them. So it's a weapon for... Keenum or whoever will be a quarterback at the Washington uh, Redskins. But I like it. Yeah, good move from the Red Redskins. Well done to you, gentlemen. Uh, 16, the Panthers on the clock. Charlie, uh, surely they've got to go offensive tackle. It's so it's so heavy in they the draft. They have to. And sometimes these drafts, they fall at the position you need as well. It has to be Andre Dillard there of Washington State. This is a nice pickup for Panthers. They've lost offensive tackles in free agency as well, so they need to replace it. Like we said, protecting Cam is a must, helping to create those A and B blocks for Christian McCaffrey as well. Indeed. Uh, and we spoke about those Panthers earlier on. They've got a lot of wide receivers, although Charlie's not so impressed by them. All right. Well, the Giants are on the clock here. Um, Quarterback, yeah? Surely it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be Jones from Duke. Gotta surely be. it's got to be. Um, I'm opening up the card right now. And now nah, they've gone linebacker, mate. Devin oh. Bush, best linebacker on that uh, block, in your opinion, and mine. Uh, Devin Bush has gone into the Giants. And uh, that defensively helps them out this season. Yeah, second linebacker off the board. Uh, have to help this defence out. And they're paying a lot of money to Ogletree, who they got from the Rams. And in a couple of cap-saving management, they just give a lot of money to Tate and Sterling Shepard. They are really just helping to uh, helping out that defence after it was depleted somewhat. And they still don't go offence. Okay. All right. Um, making you have sure... to play the draft. You hear this, how, how it falls to you. Exactly. You hear how the GM says you can't overreach or reach. And even with everyone saying, Gettleman has to do this. If he's not, uh, you know, in armoured, is it in armoured? By a quarterback. What's the word I'm looking for? In terms of how, how if he's mean? not attracted to any quarterback in this class and he's waiting for 2020 and he believes in Manning, then he's not going to go there and he's got a chance with two first round picks to make this roster better, then he's going to do that. Definitely. Um, all right. Uh, number 18, the Vikings are on the clock. Uh, Kirk Cousins has got a huge playbook. Uh, surely they're going to help him out. Well, guess what? They do just that. Cody Ford offensive tackle comes up. Uh, why do we like Cody Ford, uh, Charlie? Is it just because he just fits for them uh, in terms of their system? Well, yeah, make it more believable. Like 
like why why do we like him? Why why do we like him? Uh, please tell me why we like him. No, I just think this is a guy that really could have been one of the first defensive tackles off the board. I mean, a, a lot of other mocks have him like short of the top ten, uh, top fifteen easily. You know, he's a guy from Oklahoma. We have him just falling to the Vikings here, but it's always been their problems. Even when they had Sam Bradford, it was about protecting the quarterback. We know what they offer on defense in their secondary with Harrison and Smith and. Roads, and then we know what they offer on offense, whatever you think of Cousins, but Phelan, Diggs, the running backs in Dalvin Cook, it's shoring up this O-line. And I believe, I'm actually, and I am a Green Bay Packer fan, I'm actually, I really like Cousins. I've always admired him. He's always got it done. Some people really dislike Cousins. I think his red zone efficiency is it's one of the best in the league. Um, and he eats elephant. He eats, he, he eats elephant. Everything. And not only that, one bite at a time. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you so much, Charlie. All right, uh, pick number 19. The Titans are on the clock. And do you know what? Uh, they are... they got to take the first wide receiver, no? No, they're still... What? Still no wide receivers? Not off this board, Charlie, because Noah Fant uh, comes in the tight end uh, from Iowa. Um, and uh, he just offers them something a bit different. Delaney Walker coming back off injury. Definitely. Very, very good uh, tight end. Uh, but you know what? Giving Noah Fant an opportunity to protect in some ways with blocking and offensive. And they need another pass threat. They need the passing of the torch, like you said, with Delaney Walker. And that second tight end is off the board. And this is a pick that will be huge because, of course, this is our draft, but the draft is in Tennessee this year. So a lot of Titans fans, Titan up, are going to be in and around that draft. And uh, you are going to be, it's going to be some homecoming. When whoever's called out, we think it's Noah Fant, but whoever it is, it's going to be pretty wild at pick pick 19 indeed all right 20 the team that everyone's been talking about for the players leaving the building but who is going to be coming into the building number 20 the Steelers surely they need a quarterback uh really yeah they nah. need a quarterback Charlie they need a quarterback I dare uh, you no Rufflesburg's just not got anymore he's not got the legs he's tired you've tried to make this more dramatic but I dare you okay all right they're not going to replace uh Big Ben just yet but they do need a cornerback so Byron Murphy everyone is talking about him but do you think the Steelers are picking him up it's time to find out no, they've gone with a cornerback, but it's Greedy Williams who is signed for the Steelers. Um, not big fans of uh, Byron Murphy from Washington, but hey, Greedy Williams um, has got that job to do now and they need to fill those gaps because they're going to be taking on the likes of Browns, uh, the Bengals and the Ravens. Um, is he the man to do the job? I suppose only time will tell. Hopefully so. I mean, the, the Pittsburgh, where they've needed to get about is that secondary. Like I said, Burnett didn't work out for him. They signed Joe Hayden. It's not been great. It's just really a position of need, that secondary. The uh, safety and cornerbacks are a must. And here they pick up a guy who hopefully can turn it around from the first cornerback off our board, I believe, as well. Indeed. Um, all right. So we move on to those Seahawks. Um, they don't have the capital right now to pay the big bucks. This after is only Wilson. one of their four picks. So let's get this right. Okay. So the Seahawks, they definitely need uh, in certain areas. And one of those is safety. Um, do you reckon they'll take a safety here at 21? Well, I can tell you, uh, Nazir Adderley is going. The safety man, uh, the first safety off the board. They needed to fill that gap and they have done just that. 
big and bold from us. The first safety that we're taking off our board is Nazir Adeli, but he's the man who the safeties want to, uh, the, the, the Seahawks want, shall I say, to replace Earl Thomas. Mm, indeed, uh, simple as that. Um, will it be like for like? Only time will tell. Uh, number 22, the Ravens. Well, they're going with a whole new ethos uh, running the football and they definitely need to protect uh, Jackson and uh, Ingram, who has just signed from the Saints. And that is going to be uh, Garrett uh, Bradbury, the man from NC State, uh, going to the Ravens. I like this a lot. If, if you can protect that line and, and go with a new ethos, you need to make sure that everyone's in the right place. Exactly. And we know what Lamar Jackson's about. We John Harbour has said as much what their game's going to be this year. Everyone knows the type of offense they're going to run. And Garrett Bradbury is a guy who showed up in the combine. Check his combine. Really lit up that's probably why he's had a jump but 22 he's golf to Baltimore okay all right those Texans are on the, We're clock in the last 10 picks yeah indeed uh Steelers Tom's flagging I am a little bit no I'm not at all um this is the point where when it actually is the actual draft next week I'll probably be thinking it's probably bedtime now mm. um but uh, a cornerback has already gone off the board the Texans need a when cornerback. you're the Niners and you pick top five every time you do you not know, you mean it's, it's over for you I've got the stamina Green Bay eight-year playoff runs we used to last picking us but not anymore yeah but that's you know I, I look for one day when I can enjoy that I, I really didn't like that at all uh Charlie but I respect it it was a good dig uh DeAndre Baker the cornerback uh goes uh from Georgia to the Texans and he will shore up things there at the Texans because defensively that could be um, where they need to strengthen to get across the line. They've got Hopkins as a wide receiver. They've got everything in place. Very good side. JJ Watts there. Uh, everything. They lost Kevin Johnson this well as this this offseason at cornerback so straight like for like replacement there we move on to the second of the Raiders three picks in this first round they pick at 24 and they go there's been a lot of talk that they go for quarterbacks but with uh with two off our board they stick and they finally get not not a like for like Khalil Mack replacement but they do go edge they get Clelin Ferrell, Clemson. This guy has been touted for ages. He was he was, potentially could have been the first edge off the board. Years ago, they spoke about him. Uh, some people have predicted him higher. Uh, like we said, if he is one of those top edges, but he goes here, still a first round pick to 24. And he is a, a leader and they need that. It's all change over at the Raiders facility, but that is who they go. Now, Here we he go. is the big pick. Yeah. The... Uh, the Eagles. Super Bowl champions yeah. of two seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. Who are they? Who are they plucking for? Well, man? everyone was saying they need a running back, as they do. Um, to... Well, they don't because they got Jordan Howard, didn't they? So, well, that's what they. That's why I'm saying before Jordan Howard's come in, and this is why it changes everything because these mock drafts can be set in place, and then all of a sudden a free agent uh, comes through the door, and then you think, well, I don't need a running back anymore, and I don't think they do. They were suspected to be taking someone like Josh Jacobs from Alabama, but they don't. They just help things out, and they go with Jeffrey Simmons at the defensive tackle uh, to um, to bolster in other areas that they definitely need help Especially in. they lost Bennett to the Patriots, so they're getting a defensive tackle. That interior defensive tackle attack, as they like to do, I really like that. Okay, all right, then um, a team that surprised everyone with the amount of salary cap they still had left uh, over. They were supposed to be down towards picking in the top five, but they weren't. They surprised everyone. Those Colts are on at number 26, and uh, after all their free agent signings, uh, Dexter Lawrence, uh, turns up to the facility, defensive tackle. I like that as a pick, the man from Clemson. Um, yes, he's a junior, but he, he offers a lot for them. 
Yeah, I really like this. And we know what Chris Ballard and the Scouts are doing uh, over there. Really good draft last year. We're looking for them to kick on again this year. They clearly have the right pieces in place. And he knows what he's doing. He says he wants characters. And 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 uh, when they said, everyone said they reached for Darius Leonard last year. Now he was one of the, one of the best players uh, that we watched last year. So I'm really excited for this. Yeah, indeed. And he's 350 pounds. I'm worried that Cousins will think he is an elephant. Um, but listen, here we go. Uh, the Colts <laughs> have taken 26th pick of Dexter Lawrence. Right. Pick 27. The Raiders are back on the board. Surely they are going with a quarterback, maybe to help Derek Carr or learn from him. But you know what, Charlie? They've gone against that. And because the Philly Eagles did not take a running back, they have picked up what? Josh Still Jacobs. What? Still wide receiver off our board. No, this Josh is Jacobs. incredible. This Alabama is some man. wide receiver drama coming surely I can feel it but they are going for Josh Jacobs they have a big uh, running back uh, room they've signed a lot of free agents this offseason and that running back room only gets bigger but training camp bodies competition make your roster as competitive as it can be and if this guy is the number one running back on everyone's draft board and you're picking him up still the 25th pick good yeah, uh, obviously with the Good. Raiders, you've got quite a few old players there. And this guy has still got plenty of tread on the tyres because Josh Jacobs' uh, limited college workload means he is, he's got enough juice uh, in the tank to go. So well done to the Raiders. Those are their three picks. They had the most amount of picks in the first round. Uh, we move on to the Chargers. Uh, well, I tell you what, several areas they could improve on. But you know what? They need to get another defensive tackle in the building. They've done just that with Jerry uh, Tilly who comes in the defensive uh, tackle. Uh, there he is, Jerry Tillery. Uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame comes in and shores things up for them. That's a phrase I keep saying, shores things up, but it mm. does because you have to see these players as being the guy that is going to improve and make them better. But again, the Chargers are a team that draft very well and uh, they've added to that defense. You know, last year, Derwin James, now they get another piece here, defensive tackle. For a few years before that, they were going very uh, offensive line. They took Forrest Lamp. They were taking guards, protecting Philip Rivers. Now they're going on that defense. They're just keeping it. They've got great cornerbacks, you know, Hayward, safeties, really good. So defensive tackle here for the Chargers. Look to look for them to make a strong push next year. And he's such a tall dude, six foot seven. I mean, he just shores up that line. Uh, okay, we move on to the Chiefs. Oh, it's got to be, got to be edge because they lost D Ford. They lost. Houston, what edge are you going with? No, they're not. They what? they reckon they can still get to the quarterback where they definitely need to shore things up and uh, and basically make improvements is at cornerback and a guy that I actually saw uh, last season when I went to go and watch them at Temple. Uh, Rock Yassin comes in. What a name. What a name. And so, and I'm I already rooting for him. And I think that works perfectly for the Chiefs because they do need to shore up and, and make a better improvement for their secondary and they've done just that. I like this aggressive player. Really, that secondary is where they need to get better. They signed the Honey Badger, Tyrion Matthew, but they still need another one. Eric Berry is still unsigned, but they add to it, and cornerback is the position of choice here. Charlie, I'm going to have to stop you there because I'm getting massive news. They surely can't be doing this. Green Bay Packers are trading uh, position 30 in the 2019 draft. Who, who is going to offer them? Wow, the Steelers are... Coming back into this year's draft with a second and a fifth round uh, pick trade to the Green Bay Packers. And, oh, you wouldn't believe it. It's our first wide receiver oh, off the board. Of first round contract. Get Surely it's Metcalf. Surely, no. And kill Harry. What? Oh, I love it. 
from Arizona State. Get out of here. The outside threat that they need. He can start straight away. Big production. Keep Juju in the slot. All systems go. The Steelers, they have those picks. They have a lot of picks where they traded away for Brand. They're um, one of the teams that have a lot of picks in this year's draft. Use that capital. Get back up. Really fix those holes straight away. Love this by the Steelers aggressive. Packers don't need to stay around. There's a lot of players on equal grade in there. They can get another second round pick, pick up a few more players. Pittsburgh, welcome back into round one. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, two more picks left in this 2019 draft of Ice the Kickers. Mock number 31. The Rams are on the clock. Several needs or are there several needs? Do they need a running back? Todd Gurley, that knee injury. Is there a knee injury? Is there no knee injury? Uh, they didn't take on CJ Anderson. Are they going running back? No, they're not. Wow, uh, this has shocked me. Jonathan Abraham, the safety, comes in from Mississippi uh, because they lost a joiner. Uh, and this seems like a great replacement. Jonathan Abraham, welcome to the Rams. Yeah, they needed it. J- joiner was like the hybrid of corner safety, you know, played like almost like the slot safety. Jonathan Abraham's the man. Can talk, big trash talker. I think he gives them that firepower in the backfield, you know, with Donald leading the charge. I like this Rams pick, 31 safety. And now they are the uh, defeated Super Bowl finalists. Now we come to the champs. The yeah. champ champs, uh, pick 32, and where are they going? Well, Who knows? they were hoping to trade out of the first round and get some more picks, but they've got quite a lot this year. They've they got don't quite a lot, a... and they've got quite a lot of compensatory picks, as Tom likes to point out. And last week, we spoke about compensatory picks, and one of their compensatory picks was, <laughs> I, I forgot to mention it, Yeah, was Tom Brady. Tom Brady was a compensatory pick. That's going to be so no, no one's going to listen to this pod ever again. I've said that so many times. But yeah, he was one of their picks. Can you believe it? One of the greatest to ever do it and play. And they didn't have that pick to start with. Wow. Uh, Well, I tell you what, they're sticking with this pick. And they could do with a new edge coming in. Mm. Andre Walker, people talk about from Georgia, but... Get a load of this. They have selected with a 30-second pick no, of the 2019 draft. Not a wide receiver. Metcalf is still not being picked in the first round. I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the future quarterback at the huh? Patriots, Daniel Jones from Duke. He is the future 30-second pick. What? The Patriots have Get picked up a... <laughs> They picked up a quarterback. And I think we saved the best twist right to the end there. Charlie, um, how do you feel after that uh, uh, draft? It, we put a lot of work into this. We've probably got a lot of picks wrong. Don't be angry if we didn't choose someone that you don't like or who knows. Tough. It, Let really us know. Tough, really tough to continue the momentum for because by about pick seven, Tom didn't want to do this feature <laughs> no more and was really contemplating pausing it or scrapping it. And I was like, what can I talk about? Now we're 22 players. No. And that's tough work. And I just had to keep giving him a little wry smile <laughs> and we got there. We got there. I'll give him some water. He was fine. Thank you. I did say very early on, I wanted some refreshments uh, for this draft. Now, the thing is, it's just, I, I know a fair amount about these players, but a lot of teams that aren't my team. And I suppose the beauty of what having Charlie here allows is these aren't our teams, but we like to understand every team's need. And that is kind of what uh, we like to do. So thank you very much to Charlie for for keeping uh, it alive there at various points. But I love some of the twists that we've got. Tell you what, it is tough, tough. 
tough for you guys if you didn't like some of those picks. Let us know if you didn't like some of those picks. You can tweet us at IceTheKickerPod on Twitter. And talking of tweets, we uh, we have to hold our hands up high here because last week we got tweeted a question and we got really sidetracked. And it was a question that we kind of wanted to wait until the season was really upon us and those pre, uh, pre-season games had begun. And Novak, a really uh, a friend of ours, a, a fan of the show, who always helps us and tweets us out. He tweeted, what teams were we most f- uh, fearful of entering the season? But, you know, with the draft still to play, he wasn't sure. Yeah. But he said, it's a two-part. The second part will be once we're closer. But just after free agency, what teams are giving us that fear now? Just one each. So, uh, Tom, hit us before we end. Wow, what teams are... are- are fearing um what's just happened is unbelievable uh charlie uh, has never sat on a chair he's never sat on a chair before i wish this was visual i just (laughs) fell off the chair oh blimey that is unreal uh this has got everything uh a first for a draft and first for charlie falling should i tell you a team i'm fearful of i think you should because all right uh, while you're having a look and i think they're gonna have a real big year next year a bounce back gear of sorts in a tough division they're going to be my boom pick, Jazz. Atlanta Falcons. Really? Yeah, I, I really think uh, Todd Munkin, who's now the offensive coordinator, um, Dan Quinn's taking back the defensive plays. No, not 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 Todd Munkin. He's at the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, it's uh, Dirk Cotter, who was at the, the Buccaneers. He was, same wasn't he? Yeah. Rival, and he's all about that air raid system. What works well with Matt Ryan? I do believe Todd Munkin at the Cleveland Browns is also going to be fantastic. But the Atlanta Falcons are my dark horse pick. Okay. All right. I like that. It's a dark horse pick. And thank you, Novak, for that question. Yeah. Give us. I'm, I think the the team that, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because as Charlie said, we had free agency, but we haven't had the draft come in and knowing who the injuries are. Just a name, mate. Just a name. I know it's, I know time's running, Charlie, but you've thrown this at me right at the end. I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, in any respect. Uh, I know you're headbutting the microphone. Uh, to We're going to read this bit out. <laughs> We're not editing this out. Do you know what? I'm going to throw it out there. I have a feeling the Jags are going to improve uh, with Foles. So I'm going to stick with the Jags because I said it just a second ago. Jags, uh, they're the team that are going to improve for me. I like it. All right, Charlie, we've come to the end. Uh, sorry, I dragged out the last question there. But I tell you what, um, I will not drag out this episode any longer of episode eight, I will now pass over and say goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. John Ryder, Cleveland Browns fan, and what a time it is to be one. OBJ, Baker Mayfield, loving life. You have been iced by the kicker. <laughs>